throughout this election campaign, we have spent a significant amount of time talking about the major issues during the civic election uh, campaign. Every Wednesday on this show and on Saturday night on Global BC, we joined our civic election panel. I thought it was important to bring the band back together one last time after Saturday's results so we could see what issues and themes stood out for them. Andrea Reimer started her public work as a community organizer on issues of social, economic and environmental justice. In 2002, she ran and won a seat on Vancouver School Board, uh, first for the Green Party in Canada, and uh, went on to be elected to Vancouver City Council from 2008 to to, uh, 2018 with Vision Vancouver. Andrea, welcome. Thanks, Jess. Nice to see you. Yes, nice to see you through too, as well through Zoom. And Helsium is an elected Indigenous leader as chair of the Squamish Nation Council. His nation is known for its work on the large-scale development in the city of Vancouver, including the Sinoc lands in Kitsilano, as well as the Jericho and Heather Street lands. Uh, welcome, Helsium. Thank you. And Mary Polak is a strategic advisor at Maple Leaf Strategies and served 15 years as an MLA and held several uh, portfolios, including Minister of Environment and Minister of Transportation and Infrastructure. Mary, welcome. Nice to see you again, Jess. So yes, soon. that's right. Uh, Andrea, let me start with you. Let's focus on Vancouver because you know the city well. Uh, what did the ABC sweep say to you? Well, I mean, it was definitely a um, commanding majority. It's rare to get 50% or over 50% in Vancouver. I know um, the party I was with did it a few times, and I know how hard that is. Um, They definitely um, had a good ground game, which I think is something that was on everybody's mind, is it's one thing to get support. It's another thing to get support to the polls, and apparently they were quite good at that as a new party. You just don't know. Um, But I think it also spoke to a trend we saw all across BC, which is that voters don't like dysfunctional councils um, and they really wanted change. Now, the nature of that change was different around the province. So if you had a center-right council that was dysfunctional, you got a center-left one on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Um, Here in Vancouver, we had a center-left council that's been replaced by a center-right one. So I think the name of the game for all these new councils is be functional, get down to work, um, reach across the aisle as much as you can, reach over to Victoria and other places, regardless of your political stripe, and deliver for people living in our cities and local government areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salem, um, you know the city uh, well. Uh, there's, there's, there are those that say, look, there's, um, there's been a bit of a back-to-basics push. Uh, folks who didn't like the, the, the paper cup tax, or the parking tax, all those types of things, that uh, City Hall need needs to get back to its sort of core business. Uh, Am I overstating it, or do you think there's a bit of that as well, that the city needs to get back to sort of what city councils generally are known for, community centres, potholes, uh, all those kind of things that they they are generally expected to do well at, rather than worrying about the bigger issues like climate change? Well, I think that um, in any government, municipal, provincial, federal, even First Nations, and also any form of leadership, there's a fact of life, which is that you are going to be remembered for the disasters that happened on your watch. You're not going to be remembered for the disasters you avoided. So for things that are felt by people, you know, they become controversies and you become known by them. There's a number of um, issues that one throughout the region, whether it's things like uh, support for active infrastructure, reconciliation was a popular uh, promise across the region in many races. Um, housing and increasing density and building nonprofit and social housing, you know, even in places like Penticton and Maple Ridge, where there was a very fierce fight between the local government and the province in support of social housing, mm-hmm. uh, those places elected, you know, very pro-housing uh, 
uh, councils. So I, I do think that there's um, a desire by the electorate to ensure that their local government is taking care of things that they you know, need to take care of. Mm-hmm. But there's also a reasonable expectation. I think voters just, they want government to take care of things that are important to them. And sometimes that might include things like climate change. Sometimes it might include other issues. But I do think that when you're in government and you're pitching um, solutions to big social issues, big political issues, and they hurt ordinary working people um, in the way that, say, a cup tax or certain road taxes or even increases on parking can hurt uh, working people, then there's a narrative there that calls into question whether the government in power is actually helping working people. Mm-hmm. And then it's easy for another party to come in and say, I'm actually representing the working people and I'll help you. And they have a reasonable case to make when that happens. Mary, let's, uh, let me go to you here for a second. Uh, Langley Township, where Rich Coleman has a very high profile, been an MLA, cabinet minister, deputy premier. Uh, many expected him to do very well, win, and he did not. Uh, you saw Doug McCallum uh, out uh, for a variety of reasons. But your thoughts, your, your takeaway particularly south of the Fraser, you know, some have said there's a changing face of of uh, suburban Vancouver and you're starting to see that now at the polls. Do you buy that or do you think it was just a, a different reason as to why Mr. Mr. Coleman didn't get in? Well, in Langley Township, it's pretty straightforward. Um, everyone for quite a long time now has known that Eric Woodward was the one to beat. Uh, Blair Whitmarsh, who came second, has been campaigning for a long time. And Rich entered the race fairly late. Um, so, you know, I, is it changing demographic? I don't think the numbers bear that out. If you add together Rich Coleman's and Blair Whitmarsh's um, uh, collective votes, uh, they would have easily beat Eric Woodward. Um, so it, I think there you're just looking at a classic vote split. And Eric Woodward certainly isn't markedly uh, left, if you will. Um, so I, you know, I think there you're just looking at the personality of that particular area. Generally speaking in the Valley though, um, you know, you've seen some consistency, um, uh, the new mayor in Abbotsford, for example, uh, while he's a new mayor, Henry Braun decided not to run again. Um, nevertheless, he's an former Abbotsford first counselor, um, and so really, uh, south of the Fraser, things haven't changed all that dramatically in terms of uh, what the voters are expressing uh, at the ballot box. I do think, though, um, you take all of this in, and I mentioned this at the beginning of our broadcast last night, I think after COVID, the average voter is thinking a lot closer to their own front door in terms of what issues they prioritize when they vote. I think that is going to be with us for quite some time. Uh, Barry, let me go to you. You know, we, we, we've talked about Vancouver. We talk about Surrey. We talk about Langley Township. But ultimately, so much of the conversation that we have um, is really around the region. And that region and the decisions we make go to the Metro Vancouver Board, which is not elected directly. Um, give me a sense of what that means, because you've been at some of these meetings first as a minister and having to deal with the Metro Board. What is that like, particularly when you have new mayors and councillors jo- joining the board? Well, and we will have a fair number of them. Um, Fully 55% of the communities in Metro Vancouver have elected new mayors. So that could mean significant change in terms of the approach Metro Vancouver takes to decisions people often don't think about. Um, They can significantly affect rezoning decisions, um, decisions around solid waste management, Um, all of those things uh, can have a big impact on people's daily lives and on the type of 
development and densities that are seen in communities around the province Mm -hmm. or around the the region, I should say. Andrea, uh, let's touch a little bit uh, on crime for a moment. I had Ken Sim on, uh, well, just about an hour ago, and we did talk about um, his 100 new police officers and mental health nurses. He says uh, in the first few meetings, they're going to approve it. Uh, No guarantee, of course, they can hire 100 uh, officers right away, although you would think there may be some openings in Surrey potentially (laughs) for that, uh, based on the conversation that's going on. Um, how much of a role do you think crime played? And if there was one policy that ABC introduced during the, the, the election, was that the one, do you think, that put them over the edge in regards to the, the support that they got from the public? Well, I think, I mean, the fundamental issue was the dysfunction of council. And that's true both in Vancouver and Surrey, as we've discussed. But I think um, the the issue of crime definitely has been rising as a concern in Vancouver. Had a lot of random um, violent attacks. And that, of course, makes people scared that it could happen anywhere, anytime. I mean, the reality is crime as a whole has been down, but that doesn't diminish the impacts on the people that have been experiencing it and this fear of, of the random violence. I think the, the, I mean, I'll say knowing that they have to go immediately into budget discussions, mm-hmm. um, that, that may sober up some of the discussions <laughs> about such a large cost item, um, particularly with the inflationary pressures that Vancouver is facing, just to pay the extra incremental cost of police next year of the ones that exist is going to be a, a significant challenge, let alone new ones. Um, But I I think the bigger issue for Ken Sim is regaining the trust of people who felt that was broken when he accepted an endorsement from the police. Um, There are inevitably, Vancouver has a lot of police-involved shootings um, relative to other areas. He is the chair of a civilian board that's supposed to provide impartial oversight. I I think that's got to be pretty high up his list of priorities, is to regain the confidence of Vancouverites that he's there um, as an impartial uh, judge when we get to those situations. And I think, I mean, obviously in Surrey, policing is a huge issue um, and it'll be interesting to see how they resolve it. It struck me that um, Brenda Locke at 28% of the vote got exactly the same percent that Kennedy Stewart had in 2018. Um, Some lessons to be learned there is that 72% of Vancouver, or in this case, Surrey, did not vote for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And you got to build some bridges. And and that doesn't necessarily work if you're making definitive statements that might alienate some people without getting the information you need to move forward. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the other major issues for this region, of course, is housing. Uh, You have a potential NDP leadership hopeful, Mr. Eby, uh, David Eby uh, of Vancouver MLA, uh, who uh, is talking about uh, allowing three units per uh, per uh, property, a single-family lot in regards to uh, homes. He's talked about adding secondary suites and a variety of changes, uh, which in some cases may even Bigfoot uh, municipal councils. Hell, Salem, your thoughts on, on what Mr. Eby has said he's going to do with what Vancouver is doing presently? I mean, is it too much to ask for any mayor or council to deal with the affordability challenges? Because he's coming in with a clean sweep, those are huge expectations. Um, How does a mayor deal with everything that that is expected, especially with housing, while the provincial government is actually talking about introducing significant changes from the Victoria level? The the truth is, and this is the hard truth for a lot of um, voters, whether it's in BC or across the country, is that the, the rise in housing rents and prices is happening all over the world. It's felt in all urban centers. The scale of it 
is different from place to place, but you go all the way around the world and everybody is experiencing the same affordability pressures. So can one single mayor in, whether you're in Vancouver, um, impact uh, that when it requires a regional uh, approach, requires a provincial approach, or requires federal approach, or requires international approach. So, you know, you can um, provide relief around the edges to a lot of people, and that actually changes a lot of people's lives. You know, having access to uh, some of the, the low-income housing that's been built over the last few years, um, rental housing as opposed to not being, you know, being able to buy, those things do matter to people. But, you know, there is a fact that, um, no matter what mayor or council is elected, and there's a number who have run on very pro-housing agendas, Victoria, uh, the uh, city of North Van, um, even Vancouver have all um, campaigned on um, missing middle style housing, increasing density to a more missing middle style, um, you know, three-story to six-story sort of developments. Um, but I'm also, you know, looking at how the platforms really talked about um, providing all kinds of options and supporting not market and non-market housing. And, you know, Ken Sim and ABC, like a lot of the mayors in the region, are, have a, a friendly uh, government in Victoria and a friendly government in, in Ottawa. Those might not last. Um, and they're going to have to decide how quickly they can muster their strength. And one of the biggest strengths that I think Ken Sim and a lot of other councils have is if they can go to the table with the feds in the province and say, we can guarantee you a massive amount of rezoning on non-market or rental, you come to us with funding or subsidies or tax breaks and we'll guarantee you, they can now do that. That couldn't happen under uh, Kennedy Stewart, that can happen under a Ken Sim government, and it can happen across the region. Hal Salem, uh, Andrea Reimer, Mary Polak, it has been absolutely wonderful last six weeks uh, having you folks on as part of this uh, Civic Affairs panel, and Saturday night was uh, a lot of fun. I hope we can do this again quite soon, but thank you so much. It's been an absolute ball on my end. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jess. Thanks, Jess. Thank you.